You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. It is fight week here in Knoxville. We are ready for Valor 70. It goes down this weekend. The world famous Cotton Eye Joe, Friday night, March the 6th it is. And it's an all-amateur showcase. It is a pig's panel, of course. Tonight, we will be joined for our main segment by Jeff Hobbs and also by uh, Paul Teague and uh, Greg Hopkins. And uh, we've got two events left in this quarter to keep tally on. We're also going to be joined by one half of the main event uh, for this weekend as Tank Wilson Jr. will join us here shortly. And then we're also going to look back at UFC Norfolk and do a preview for this weekend's big pay-per-view UFC 248. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Justin Watson. Justin, Justin, it's a uh, it's a busy weekend ahead of us. Yeah, man. Uh, looking forward to getting getting some fights back around here. You know, getting to watch some uh, getting some watch some boys throw some gloves. Hey, man. These amateur shows are always a lot of fun too. They get, they fly under the radar a lot of the time, but uh, they're more laid back and they generally deliver a lot of action because these guys are looking to to make a name for themselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of times you see see a lot of wild fights and and some big knockouts in these. It's always fun. So uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, that in our main segment, which will be coming up uh, in our second round. But uh, for to begin, let's uh, kick things off with a little chat with one half of the main event this weekend. Let's get Tank Wilson on the line. All right, joining us on the line, we have got one of the hottest prospects in the South right now, Tank Wilson Jr. on the line before he gets ready to headline this Valor 70 card coming up in just a few short days. Tank, how's it going, my man? It's going real good. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to talk to you here. You know, uh, usually I try not to bother guys when it is the week of the fight because of the weight cut and stuff, but I happen to know that you're not uh, you're not stressing no weight cut this time. No, not this time. Thank God. <laughs> of course, this fight will be at 205. Tank is the reigning uh, Valor middleweight champion at 185. That title will not be on the line this weekend as he uh, fights against Jared Short at 205 pounds. A little background here now. Both of these guys generally uh, have fought at 185 their whole career. Jared's fought more at 185 than not couple of years off the scene and into the workforce have added a few pounds to him so uh this one will be at 205 let's talk a little bit about it man last time we spoke you were getting ready to fight for that title against alex lewandowski you went out there and you got pushed uh further than you've been pushed before you went all the rounds man but you came out on top you kept that o intact talk a little bit about that fight with lewandowski and uh what you what you took from it if anything yeah lewandowski man he he gave me a little run for my money. I, I, I had a little problem with my gas tank, man. And But I pushed on the shelf. I done fixed that to the extent, you know. So I'm ready to go, man. I'm pumped up for this. Lewandowski, like I said, he trains with us now. Like, he trained with me. He helping me get ready for this fight and everything. So me and, me and Lewandowski, good buddies. We making each other get better. 
Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. After you defeated Lewandowski, he actually joined you at KMAA and has actually had a fight um, under KMAA last time out. He won his fight. And and I got to say, he's actually a really good look for you to train for Jared Short when it comes to just kind of stature, build and, uh, you know, uh, overall makeup there. So that's that's definitely a good pickup on y'all's end. Uh, You guys can help each other get a lot better, I'm sure. Yeah, he helped me a lot to get ready for this fight, man. He he. He, like, showed me what I'm going to be dealing with and, like, how I'm going to be on the ground, how I'm going to be standing up. So, Jerry Short, I mean, not Jerry Short, but um, Alex Lewandowski, hats off to you, bro, for helping me get ready for this fight. Of course, you are one of literally 14 KMA uh, athletes competing on this card. I, I was joking about it last week. If we were ever going to title a card KMA versus everyone, this is this is the one because uh, literally uh, almost every fight is KMA. What's that uh, got the gym atmosphere like? You know, I, I know that many people get training at the same time, cutting weight together, getting yeah. uh, to where y'all are peaking together. It's got to be exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting, man. All my teammates, shout out to them. We go turn up Friday. I'm telling you, y'all better not miss this one. KMMA versus everybody. Like Tim said, 14 of us going against different gyms, different people, different statues, all type of all type of different looks and schemes going on with, you know what I'm saying, helping other people get ready for their fights and people getting me ready for mine. We are just excited about it, man. We ready to go. I know we go bring it. Oh, I know you've got me hype, man. I know you always bring a hype crowd. Your people get into it. This will be your first time main eventing. Uh, you know, you've been, been the co-main event. You'll be at the top of the card this time. It'll be uh, mm-hmm. it'll be a, a crunk crowd with with tanks people in it. I know y'all are excited <laughs> yes, for sir. it. What? Tell yes, me some sir. of the things. You know, you you debuted about a year ago. So you you know, last time we spoke, we, we said you know you're still a baby in the game. Now you're getting to where you're like a teenager almost. Uh, right. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, talk about the last year. Where do you where do you see the most growth? In in your game uh the most the most growth in my game is like probably my stand-up because i've been working with joy a lot on my stand-up so he gave me he gave me right to where i need to be on on my feet and that's what you know my wrestling is superb so i wrestled in high school and everything so that's not something that i really need to pick up on i always could get better at any any little spot you know that but standing up on my feet is where i was training at the most and you know what i'm saying trying to get that knockout power going so I can give my fans what they want. Absolutely, man. Everybody loves to get knockout. You've got some knockouts by slam, you know, uh, so you showed <laughs> off You showed off those big slams and that wrestling background, so I'm excited to see the, the evolution of your striking kind of catch up with that. Um, man, let's talk a little bit about 2020. You know, this is uh, your first fight of the year here, so let's talk about what your goals are. Is there anything that you, by the end of 2020, or are you, is there anything that you've got in mind that you want to accomplish, or are you just kind of taking it fight by fight, or is there anything you kind of got your eye on? I'm taking it fight by fight, man. You know, whatever my coach brings to me, whatever he brings to the table, y'all two discuss everything, get it together. I'm ready to go whenever. I I thank y'all for putting these people in front of me and giving me, you know, a shot to make it to the big stage. That's what I'm really looking forward to this 2020. I'm trying to come up out of this amateur and become, you know what I'm saying, something dominant in a pro division. Absolutely. A lot of people have been asking me when I'm going to go pro, when I'm going to go pro. When Eric Turner tells me to go pro, that's when I'm going to go, and we're going to turn up the show. 
And honestly, man, you know, that's a conversation that's came up. You know, I also uh, co-host a radio show with Vince Ferrara on the Sports Animal 99.1 in Knoxville. And we were interviewing Eric a couple of weeks ago. And your name was was one that came up as one of his one of his top amateurs that we could look to probably see uh, making that leap to the to, to the pro ranks. And, uh, you know, you've got a style and a look and a, and a swag about you that uh, tells me that, you know, it, once you once you turn pro, you're going to have those opportunities uh, real quick, but just because the way you carry yourself and you've got such a such a uh, a flair about you if you will that uh, matchmakers like that yes sir thank you i try to bring it every time man i, I like to be excited the slams that i brought for uh, 2019 i'm trying to turn up to knockouts at the knockouts 2020 to get me to where i need to be Absolutely, man. Well, we're excited to see it this weekend. Of course, once again, the main event for Valor 70 at the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, Tanks had a good history at the Joe, undefeated, looking to, to keep that O intact this weekend against a visiting Jared Short from Hazard, Kentucky. I want to give you a sh- uh, chance to get some shout outs where they're due before I let you go, man. Uh, any sponsors, training partners, friends, family, any love you want to show and then round it out by uh, letting our listeners know where they can find you on social media. Yes, sir. I want to give a shout out to my coaches, my uh, my strength conditioning coach, uh, Frankie, Frankie Body Shop. He gave my gas tank. Remember, I told you I had a problem with my gas tank. He got me where I needed to be. Uh, Eric Turner, of course. You know, he made me to the monster that I am today. My mom, my dad, because they always been here to support me no matter what. You know, I need them the most out of everybody. So they doing their job perfectly fine. They pushing me to be great. Uh, y'all can find me on y'all can find me on social media at King underscore Tank fifty two on uh Instagram on Facebook you can find me at Tank Hog and on Snapchat is Little Deuce. Hey man, I'll tell you what, uh, Mama Tank, she she gets into it. My wife and Mama Tank, they'll be drinking margaritas. They'll be drinking margaritas and having shots up front at the front door. Yeah. Man. You know it. Hey, once again, man, uh, this has been Tank Wilson Jr. Catch him this weekend at the Cotton Eye Joe. You can watch it uh, live. There's no better way than to be there live and in person. If you want tickets, you can get them online at fighterticks.com. That's ticks with an X. And make sure you select Tank's name to show him some love and give him some credit there. Otherwise, you can catch yeah. this on pay-per-view uh go to the vfcmma.com website and you can catch the broadcast information as well thanks so much for the time tank best of luck this weekend thank you thank you tim appreciate everything you do for us bro thank you Thanks so much to Tank Wilson, our guest tonight. Again, you can see him in the main event this weekend at Valor 70. Speaking of Valor 70, that brings us into our second round, and that is our main segment of the night, the Valor 70 Picks Panel and Preview, as we are in the third event of the quarter, as we keep tally our panelists, our Jeff Hobbs, the voice of Valor, as well as uh, we've got Greg Hopkins, who will be uh, main eventing in Saudi here in just a few short weeks. And then Paul Teague as well joining us. Those are our panelists. Justin, get us up to speed on the standings going into this event. The Saudi card will be the last event on the on the contest. So uh, we've still got this one and one more to go. Where we stand? All right. So coming into this week, uh, Hobbs is still in the lead. Greg's one down and Paul's four behind him. All right. So Paul's got to make some moves here. It's tied up at the top. Uh, so uh, Greg could possibly be unseated this time. We'll see uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Of course, this card is an all-amateur event. We've got 15 bouts lined up. Three of them are grappling. We're not going to pick 
the grappling. I'll just run through them super quick, though, just so those uh, people can be recognized. But uh, again, this this is at the Cotton Eye Joe this Friday night. You can watch it live on pay-per-view if you can't make it in person. Uh, Greg will be on the commentary there with the play-by-play with Vince Ferrara and Justin Fisher. The link is at the VFCMMA.com website, so check that out. But if you can be there live, that's the way to go. And you can get your tickets at uh, FighterTix.com, T-I-X.com, that is. Let's get to it. Well, yeah, I've got three grappling matches, as I mentioned, to open it up. Uh, two uh, kit, two youth matches to start. We've got a 55-pound grappling bout between Nick Englehart of National Martial Arts in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, under Dustin Coppa. He'll be grappling against young Harry Spence Jr. from KMAA. Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, Harry, uh, he trains over there with my little win at KMAA, and he is a little spitfire. I'm excited to see uh, those guys uh, get us started. They're very excited to do it. Uh, then we've got a 75-pound bout with Eli Norris, also of National Martial Arts, taking on KMAA's Lincoln Grubb. Those kids are a little bit bigger, and uh, they'll get us going there. And then uh, the third bout will be an adult female grappling ma- uh, match. It's going to be Hannah Ellswick. First time we've seen her in quite some while, uh, coming from elite grappling in Lebanon, Virginia, uh, very experienced amateur MMA fighter. She just signed a pro deal to make her pro debut in April. So this is going to kind of be a situation where she's looking to knock the rust off after being out for a little bit. And she's going to be grappling against uh, Katie Ogle from KMAA, who is a uh, she is a white belt, a two strike white belt, I believe. And Eric said this will be her first competition. So those are the three bouts that will get us going. And then uh, we've got one kickboxing bout. And that's where we'll start our picks off here. It is a light heavyweight division, 205 pounds, tie rules, three two minute rounds, two debuting fighters. So this is hard to call. Michael Miller will be uh, debuting from the Spartan Academy in Columbia, South Carolina. He is a teammate of uh, Neil Gray, who we saw uh, on the uh, maybe card before last, I guess it was. Or might have been last. I think last. He, he got a win over CJ Talent. And so we've got a little storyline here because he's fighting Cody Russell, who's making his debut out of the Wolves Den Martial Arts in Madisonville. And he's a teammate of the aforementioned CJ Talent. There's some heat back and forth where CJ Talent wanted to rematch Neil Gray and Neil didn't want to give it to him. So there's some shit talking back and forth. So these are the two teams anyway going at it. So maybe we'll get a little heat here. Who knows? But 205 pounds, uh, I'd say they'll be throwing some leather. Uh, Justin, get us going. All right, so we'll start off with uh, Hobbs, then go to Greg, then Paul, and then we'll just rotate throughout. So uh, what's, your, what's your call on this one, Hobbs? Really, I like Mike Miller on this one. And... I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth. I'm going on nothing more than looking at both of their faces on this poster. I like Mike Miller. All right. Greg? No, I'm at the second with, uh, with, with Hobbs there and go with Miller. All right, Paul, you finish us off. Miller, but I got to go with the SC board. Miller. All right, so it's clean sweep for Miller on the first one. All right, all three panelists going for the out-of-town guy here, Michael Miller. That gets us into the MMA portion of this card, and we don't have a lot of debuts, actually. Everyone on this card there's there's uh, has had a fight except for one fight, and that's two debuts going at each other. So we started off at featherweight, 145 pounds. Now these are three three-minute rounds. We've got two guys looking for their first win. Chris Weathers, independent fighter out of Fort Payne, Alabama. He is 0-1. He lost his debut at Saudi Daisy to uh, Little Nalo, Nalo's son, uh, Leo Wachuga. And then last time out, we saw him. uh, He was in a kickboxing bout 
against Kai Bishop, and he really struggled with the headgear and stuff. I remember it was very frustrating to him. So uh, he's looking for that first win here. Uh, he is going to be taking on Elijah Gilbertson, who is 0-3, and he's looking for his first win. Uh, and, we, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know, we, we know we, we like some Elijah Gilbertson, man. He's a character. He's, uh, you know, he's a tall, uh, well-built guy for the 145 weight class, just hasn't been able to put it together. Now he started training at KMAA for this fight. So he's been at KMA now for about five or six weeks, I believe. And we'll see if that will make the difference is one of these guys uh, is going to get their first win. So I'm, I'm excited for both of them. All right, Greg, you want to get us started? Yes. Uh, just like Tim said, I love me some Elijah Jefferson, the Elvis on acid. And uh, Chris Weathers is probably one of the most like, what do I want to say? Like underachievers that I've ever met in the ring because the kid the damn look of a fighter and he's shredded from head to toe and he comes out like a bowling ball and he just, he's reckless. And, uh, if he can, if he can connect on, uh, Gilbertson, he can knock Gilbertson out. So, uh, and I think that that's what we might see. Uh, but now that Gilbertson's, uh, he's, uh, he's training at young I wasn't aware of that. And that's a, that, that was a big old, uh, a big old spoon in the blender, to be honest. I still got to go with uh, God. Chris Wendell didn't answer the bell last time, though, right? That's who we're talking about, you know. So it's a toss up, but I'm gonna have to go with Chris Weathers on this one. All right, Paul. Um, what gym is Chris Weathers out of? He's independent out of Fort Payne, Alabama. He's buddies with um, with Logan Neal and Kevin Minard. Um. He's 0-1. He's 0-1. He lost his debut to Nalo's son, Leo Lechuga, in Saudi, the, the, the kid with the dreads. I remember that. That was the, the, the hot-ass fight card. I remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. You know what? Elijah's going hungry because he's 0-3. He needs his win. That's why he's actually training at a gym. Now, I'm going to go with Elijah. All right, Holmes. Yeah, man. Um. I mean, it's awesome that Elijah has, uh, you know, kind of stepped up and, and found him a, a really good gym to go to. The only thing I'm afraid of is is I think KMAA can can teach him a lot of things offensively, but I don't know if they can teach him how to take a punch. Sure. <clears throat> and I just, uh, you know, they can't change that. And I don't think Elijah reacts well um, – defensively when he's getting hit. Um, and I just don't think that that's something they've, they've been able to, to change in them. So um, I am definitely going to have to go the other way and go Chris Weathers on this one. All right. So Paul sticking with uh, Gilbertson there, uh, taking a chance to go one up. All right, up next, it's flyweights, 125 pounds. Austin Spires, 0-1, looking for his first win. He's an independent fighter out of Crossville, Tennessee. Did some training uh, in the past with Upper Cumberland uh, and those guys, uh, but he's independent coming into this one. He he made his debut uh, probably been about three or four months back. He lost to Jackson Donovan, uh, put up a good fight, but, uh, you know, Jackson is a tough prospect, so uh, no no shame there. Spires is a tall, lanky uh, 125. Uh, taking on another tall, lanky 125 and Rocket Ray Hewlett, who we just saw fight about a month ago, picked up his first win over Nick Ferguson. He is now one and two out of KMAA in Knoxville, Tennessee. Two long, rangy, uh, built 125ers. All right, Paul, you're going to start it for this one. Oh, 
after 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 this last fight, definitely Ray. Ray Ray got this hands hands down. Um. Yeah, I like uh, I like Ray after getting his first win. Uh, honestly, I kind of see it probably as a, a second round sub, maybe. But I see see Ray feeling himself after that first win and and uh, getting that monkey off his back. So I'm going Hewlett. Greg, well, let's just hold the phone and hold that broom off because I'm going to go with Spires on this one. Oh, Greg, going out on a win. All right. Yeah. Splitting it up there. All right, up next, it is a catchweight winner of 50 pounds. This is our aforementioned uh, fight between two debuts, so a bit of a mystery here. Cody Stewart makes his debut out of the UFC gym in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He will be taking on the debuting Jason Davis out of KMAA, Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't know a whole lot about either of these guys. I know that I see Jason Davis coming and going as my little one comes and goes, and he has two stripes on his white belt. All right, Hub. Uh, again, we're going with unknowns, so I'm going off the uh, fight poster here and checking out their mugs, and uh, Cody Stewart's got on a uh, toboggan in his picture, so I'm going with Jason Davis. <laughs> All right, Greg. I'm just going with Davis. He said he's training at, he said he's at, where is he at, KMA? Yes. And Murfreesboro, I don't, the only thing that's come out of there is, uh, is it been a, well, that's not Murfreesboro, that's a, where is um UFC uh, Jim in Murfreesboro has produced talent such as Frank T, Lucas Farrow. Yeah, Frankie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, several guys you saw on that Nashville card out there. That one really tough guy came out of there. I need to get him back. I can't remember his name right off, but I liked him. Oh, go ahead. I just remember Frankie T for sure coming out of there. And if he's any, you know, if they're anything like that, I'm just curious. I just, I got to go with Davis on this one too. Paul. Okay, here's my question. The UFC gym, does it actually have an MMA program, like program, program, get coached, like instructed, or is it just him in there punching a bag with maybe a few classes here and there? They have, I can say that they have about four or five guys that fight out of there. They're all very entry level types. Some of them have yeah, been pretty good. Uh, Lucas Sparrow, I mean, we uh, saw a fight uh, beat JMT in Nashville. He's pretty tough. Yeah, they do have classes. It's not like a title boxing gym where everybody just kind of goes in and does their own thing. I mean, I, I know they do have classes. Because, see, I'm taking classes at the UFC gym in Greenville now, which when we have a, a, their own MMA program, which we have a, one, of our, one of our new teammates, or one of my new teammates fighting on the Saudi Daisy card for the 155 title. So, But I'm going to have to say Jason because KMMA usually, usually can't go wrong there. All right. Clean sweep. Clean sweep for Jason Davis. That brings us to our next bout, lightweight. And this one is going to be pretty fun. If you've, if you've not been on the scene in the past couple of years, you probably don't remember Damian Hamlin, who is from Ben Rowland's third-degree MMA in Middlesbrough, Kentucky. He's 2-6, and six, and his record is deceiving. He's a tough guy. He's fought very tough competition. He is uh, fairly well-rounded and very tough and aggressive and comes forward very much like his opponent, the Seagoat, Anthony Cochran, 2-4 and four out of KMAA. So you got 2-6 and six versus 2-4 and four here, two guys that are scrappy guys that are, you know, better than what their record shows them to be, both very hungry for a win. Now, Hamlin's been out for a couple of years. Um, I, I believe it's been nearly two years. So uh, it's it's been a little minute since Damian has fought, but he has been in there with tough competition, as is Anthony Cochran. And I know uh, training with Ben Rowland up there in uh, Middlesbrough, uh, he'll be coming to brawl. All right, Greg, get us going. 
I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at it right now as we speak. Uh, Stewart, Stewart and uh, we got the Seagull. Or no, it's Hamlin and the Seagull, right? This is Hamlin and Seagull. Uh, and, 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 and how long ago did Hamlin fight? You said two years ago? Been about two years, yeah. He was fighting on the scene pretty regular. Well, and he's two and six. I just uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the Seagoat on this one. Right, uh, he's he's coming off of what two or three losses right now. And I think he I think he regains. You know, he's trying trying to turn that record right side up now. So let's go with the Seagoat. All right, Paul. I'm riding the Seagoat on this one. And Hobbs. Well, like Greg said, hold your brooms, guys, because uh, I think I'm going with Hamlin on this one, man. I just I love the Seagoat. I love his character. Um, I, he's a hell of a nice guy, but I think he I think he might be too nice, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going Hamlin. All right, we got a few splits already. Yeah, just uh, looking back on some of Hamlin's past competition, he's actually fought pretty tough. He went, he lost a decision to Nick Baker as an amateur. He lost. Uh, in the third round to Dylan D'Angelo, who we know to be pretty tough, you know. So he's been in there with some pretty tough guys, just like we know the Seagull has as well. So this actually, to me, is uh, a sneaky uh, one that's under the radar for, that could be fight of the night because these guys both are going to are gonna bring it and they're, they're both going to kind of throw caution to the wind. Uh, up next, we have got a lightweight bout. It is Scott Henderson, four and nine. Uh, he is technically an independent fighter coming from Hewan, Kentucky. I know he has done some cross training there with third degree MMA and Ben Rowan and company, but he will not be representing them in this fight. Uh, Well-traveled, Scott Henderson, four and nine. That's a lot of fights. Taking on the Viking, Parker Wadman, two and two at a KMAA. Uh, Parker has ran into a bit of a rough patch the last two. I think he started at two and oh. And, uh, and so he's, he's, he's dropped a couple in a row here. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back against an opponent with 13 bouts. All right, Paul. You said that he's not representing Ben Rowland in him this time. No, no, no. Uh, they, I think he has been through there and trained some, but I don't think enough to to satisfy the requirements. The four and nine, and Parker's what two and two. Yes. This is this is a, this is a sneaky one because it, this could go this could go either way, but I'm always been a Spider Man fan, so I got to go with Mr. Parker. All right, Hobbs. Man, I think Parker uh, Wadman rebounds on this one, man. I think he gets back, gets gets back to uh, gets back in the uh, the W column, man. I'm, I like Wadman in this one. Greg, I think Parker Wadman probably gets a finish here. I'm all on Parker uh, Friday night. All right, got a sweep. All right, that brings us to the meat of the card. It is catch. Now, man, these these next few are pretty fun here. It, it, this this next one especially catch weight bout 180 pounds. It is the visionary Chris Christian Lee uh, will be looking for his first win. He's 0-1 independent fighter coming out of Newport. We saw him in the very last show. Uh, he fought Bronson Bazorgi and had a very entertaining three round fight. He lost by split decision. Uh, some flashy striking. Uh, some questionable takedown defense. Maybe be a little questionable cardio in that one but he's an exciting fighter and he told me afterward he said you know man i didn't get to show you half of what i can do out there i can do a lot better than that i want to show you and he's about to ship off to basic training uh, in just like a month so he wanted to get one more fight in before he uh, he goes off to to begin his um, his military career 
Uh, he'll be taking on the Hammer of Justice, one of my favorite nicknames, uh, Darren Hastings, two and two out of KMAA, who uh, will be coming off of a loss. You know, last time we saw Darren, uh, he, he got knocked out by uh, by Carter Beekman, who's about to go for that lightweight title. No shame there. Carter is a hitter. Uh, but Darren, you know, is going to be more well-versed on the ground probably than uh, Christian Lee, obviously training at KMAA there. He's a blue belt and uh, is going to be skilled there. So I think this is one of those interesting fights where, like, Will the quicker uh, Christian Lee be able to, uh, you know, land those strikes before Dan, Darren's able to get his hands on him, essentially? All right, Hobbs, you want to get us started? You're right, man. It's going to be a good fight. Um, shit, I don't know, man, because Christian Lee, uh, he brought it last time. He didn't come out with a win, but, um, I mean, hell, he was fight of the night. His debut amateur fight, uh, he was our fight of the night winner. Um and you know he's going to bring a hell of a crowd, hell he's of support. Bunch his crowd, yeah, yeah, he does. Um, so this could be a pretty damn entertaining fight here. Um, man, I I don't know because Hastings is he is so hot or cold. You know, um, if I knew that the cold Hastings was coming, I'd pick Lee, uh, but I don't know that. Um, damn, 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 damn. That's going to get tough now, man. Um, but Hastings knows what it feels like to win. He's been there, so he knows what it takes to win. Uh, I don't feel like Lee, he doesn't know that feeling yet. He, he hasn't figured out what it takes to win. Um, I'm going Hastings by submission. All right, Greg. Yeah, dang. Like, uh, he, he analyzed that fight perfect down to a T. Christian Lee does have them flashy strikes, and I think he won the first round of his fight last time, but lost the second and third. Uh, and and just like uh, just like Hobbs said, Darren Hastings, he uh, he he show up both times, but one time he might not fully be there. You know, he might not all be all there, so he's not really there sometimes. And uh, just because of that reason, and the second reason is uh, sometimes Darren can be chinny, and if. Uh, if he gets caught in the chin, I don't think that I don't think that Christian's going to give him the opportunity to recoup or you know shake them cobwebs off. <clears throat> but you, I can also see Christian going in for a stupid kill and getting subbed by Darren after he, after he goes down. I don't. I mean, like with that being said, me and Darren have spoke, and uh, you know it seems like it's going to be you know you know Captain Law versus Captain America in this one. What's he? The, what's the 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 ultimate adjudicator versus uh you know. And yeah, and Christian's going. He's going into what? Do we know what branch? Uh, you know, I don't. I actually, I, we'll find out from. I'll, we'll make sure we talk to him, win or lose. Well, and if I, if I may, can we get an American flag when we do the uh, the national anthem from now on? I've had a lot of people come up to me. You know, we have that one rolled up just because if it's right over the cage, a lot of people who are in the military are coming to me saying, oh, "So I'm going to try to bring a flag this time." Heads up. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to. Everybody brings one. We'll be straight. It'd be dull. It'd be. I got. I got one, bro. Uh, I got one. Thank you. So, who did you take, Darren? Yeah, Christian. Christian, yeah. Oh, you took Christian? Yeah, I took Christian. Okay. I got lost in your rambling. Yeah, I know. Hey, one thing will be one thing that you could also consider is in the back of your in Christian's mind. You know, he gassed some that last time. So, like, does he pace himself more to avoid gassing this time, which would play to Darren's favor a more paced, measured type fight? Well, I mean. If I may, Darren, me and Darren spoke on this podcast pick, and every time I pick against him, he seems to win. 
so uh, that's what me and him talked about. I mean, I'm all for Darren, but I'm all for Christian. I'm all for this fight because I think this, like you said, the sneaky one for Anthony and uh, it was uh, Anthony and that uh, was a Dave. Who was he? It was Anthony talking about that was fight. I think that this one could be like fight of the night. You're going to see a submission or a knockout, and it or it could be fight of the night if he goes all three rounds. I'm excited for this one regardless. Jesus Christ, Paul. Uh, I've been sitting here listening, listening to the Greg. I kind of lost track of who all who was fighting there for a second, but I got it. Um, I got Captain, like you said, Captain Law and Captain America, or what do you, what do you say, Bruce Lee's great grandson and Doctor Law. So, like Katy Perry says, when you're hot, if you're hot and you're cold, you're the yes to my nose. So I'm gonna go yes to Darren Hayes. Darren Hayes. All right, Greg's taking lead, stepping out on that one. Greg's got a couple. That. All right, moving on. Uh, another another interesting one, folks. It's a catchweight, 195 pounds. The Blue Angel, Drew Chornahas, looking for his first win. Uh, 0-3 coming in here. He has since transplanted to Charlotte, North Carolina, so he'll be traveling back over here for this fight. Uh, Drew's been in there with the aforementioned Darren Hastings, coming off of a knockout loss to Bubba Cruz. No shame there. That's tough action. Uh, he'll be taking on the 1-0, and my my Duncan guy, my, my man, Tommy the Whisperer Waller, who is an independent fighter out of Knoxville, coming off of a big uh, win in his debut over Anthony Rogers a couple months back. He got that one actually with a with a choke uh but uh, landed the real nice uppercut that dropped him to begin with and so this is definitely one of those interesting ones because you know the blue angel he's a he's a brash he's a showman he's a you know the blue angels always put on a show he says so uh you know he's here to entertain and he's a he's put together man he's he's he's, he's built uh, again, Tommy is very soft-spoken, very unassuming. You'd never think he was a fighter, but you know he's a tall, rangy, and uh, an athletic guy. All right, Greg. Uh, well, heck, got Dunkin' Donuts versus uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield on this one. I'm. I want to see uh, Drew pull out the W on this one, but I'm just not. I'm just not sure after that. <laughs> this place. Is- a striking that Tommy put on when he put that. Who did he put out? What was it? Was it uh, uh, Andrew? Who was it that he knocked out over there? It was uh, Anthony, Anthony Rogers. It was Anthony Rogers. Anthony Ro- Sorry, Anthony Rogers. Yeah, he has a lot of blood on that one, man. Tommy's a hard hitter, and like you said, he's really in a semi. With that being said, I'm going to skip all this bullshit and I'm going to just go with uh, uh, with Tommy on this one. All right, Paul. Um, so we got the Blue Angel versus the Dunkin' Donut King. Uh, I've never been a fan of Dunkin' Donuts. I'm more of a Krispy Kreme guy, so I'm going to go with the Blue Angel. All right, Hoss. Yeah, I think if there's any chance of Chorna uh, Huss winning a fight, this has got to be it. Uh, that dude has got a lot of flash, um, but there's just not much behind it, man. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm going Chorna House. This is it for him, man. This is This is his shot for a win. All right, Greg's uh, staying away on that on, on that one too. Greg's looking to take the lead here or fall down into the pit with Paul. <laughs> uh, 
All right, up next, it is lightweight bout. The undefeated Dan Bailey of KMAA, 3-0, looking to put that O on the line against Andrew Havner, 7-4 out of uh, Evansville, Indiana, with a nice guy submission fighting group. Uh, he's been on the shelf a couple years, so not sure what uh, he's been doing, but I know he's got a wrestling background, and uh, I believe he is a blue belt in BJJ. He comes from a solid team up there. So this will be a good test to see where Dan Bailey's at after uh, running off three straight. Uh, let's you get to it, Justin. All right, Paul. Um, so, what what gym? What gym did you say? Not 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 the Indiana guy, the other guy. What, what gym is he out of? Um, Dan Bailey's from KMA. Eight three and zero versus seven and four. Yeah, and having her seven and four. Yeah. You know what? Because I lived in Indiana for a little while. I'm going. I'm going with the Indiana boy. I think he's. Going, I don't think he's gonna come all the way out here just to lose. He's bring, He's bring, He's taking that hole away. All right, Hobbs. Uh, I like Bailey, man. I like Bailey a lot. I'm really impressed with him. I'm taking Bailey. And Greg. Yeah, I'm also gonna take Bailey too. All right, so Paul is the lone wolf on that one, it looks like. Feature bout of the evening, Bantamweights. It is Bradley Brakefield from Paul uh, Teague's gym, uh, and that is the Goon Squad, No Mercy MMA in Union, South Carolina. Three and two, coming off a win over Jalen Harper here. He's been back and forth. You know, he started at 0-1, and, and he's he came out and won a couple, then he lost a couple. He's been in there with tough competition. It stays tough here as he drops the Bantamweight to take on the undefeated Jackson Donovan from KMAA, also 3-0. and And, uh, this one could have title implications, I believe, with the winner uh, moving on to fight for that strap vacated by Moon Cosme when he went pro. All right, how do you want to get us started? Yeah, man. Uh, uh, you're right, man. These like last five or six um, are tough because you got arguments for either one of these guys. Well. Um, I picked against Brakefield every time. Um, I'm, I'm going with Brakefield this time, man. All right, Greg. Now I was going to say I, was, I thought that I thought he was going to go with Donovan there, and and I knew the Paul was going to go with uh, Brakefield. But after the display of, of heart that Brakefield showed after that last fight, man, I, I don't think I could pick against that scrap again. I got and, and like you know, Don is going to be methodical and he's going to be strategic and he's going to try to do this, he's going to try to do that, but. But somebody's just hammering away with that heart. You can't stop that, man. I got to go with Brakefield. All right. Brakefield gets a sweep. No, uh, did Paul, did we just, oh, uh, yeah. well, <laughs> we assume Paul was going to take yeah, Let's get Paul's take on it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not picking Brakefield. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, I'm glad, if, if, if it would have been my turn, I'll just let them go first because I know how biased everybody can be sometimes when it comes to KMMA, Jim. So, I am. So, are you surprised the first you guys took Bradley? I am because last time they was against him going against Jalen Harper. They was against him against the Seagull, which I understood, which I understood the Seagull because that was his first fight. And then against Jalen Harper because I know he's he's one of, he's one of, he's out of American Killer Bees. He's out of one of y'all boys' gyms too. So I was like I was like they're gonna be I was like they're gonna be biased this time. Go KMMA again. I said so. I said I'm gonna let him I'm gonna let them pick first. But yeah, I'm gonna tell y'all, Bradley. I'm gonna say this, Bradley. It's this is gonna be an interesting. A very interesting match, especially with the loss of Bradley's father. Bradley's got a lot of stuff he's fighting for, so I don't see him losing this. 
And condolences to Bradley Brakefield. Yeah, he, his father passed last week. So, uh, you know, he's coming into this one motivated. Clean sweep for Bradley Brakefield. That's a, a little surprising to me as well. You know, not, not to knock on Bradley at all. He's looked great coming in. Jackson Donovan, though, 3-0 and and uh, very skilled. Uh, we talked to him last week, actually. And he's one of these kids that, you know, he's only 18 years old. He's still in high school. And, uh, you know, but he's one of these kids that's been training so, so long already. So it'd be interesting to see how that one goes down. Co-main event, catch weight, 150 pounds. We've got Joel Chino Winters, formerly known as Escorpion, but now he's Chino. He's 1-0 and and uh, now representing American Top Team in Atlanta, Georgia. He came to us in his first fight as an independent and knocked off the Seagoat. Very explosive kid. I think he's only about 19. Uh, looks to have some wrestling. I'm not exactly sure, like credentials or anything but you know explosive athletic kid and aggressive he'll be taking on Garrett Sharp a guy we've been seeing a lot of lately he's three and one last time out losing a tie fight to uh Derek Smith but uh still having a good accounting of it for himself in the last time out in MMA with a win over Brandon McGee so three and one Gary Sharp versus Joel Winters in the co-main event all right Greg you get us started for this one Winters and I, man, I just I'm a fan of Garrett Sharp. I don't know why I just like the kid. Well, shit, that's the only reason I'm picking him. I like him. All right, Paul. Um, yeah, uh, I would. I, this is the, one of the ones I've been looking at and looking at and looking at because Garrett looked really great against the Honey Badger, but then Derek Smith he looked good too, but he still looked like he was a little shaky still on the feet. And like you said, Joel came out, uh, knocked off the Seagoat, and very, very athletic kid. But um, I have to say, uh, I, I can't, shit. I'm going, Garrett Sharp let me down last time against Derek Smith, but I'm going to go ahead and take Garrett Sharp again. He let me down against Derek Smith in that tie fight, but I'm, I, think he'll, I think he'll take Joel. All right, Hobbs. I'm going Sharp, dude. You don't. You don't change nicknames, man. Like a nickname, you fucking <laughs> choose it, and that's what you go with, man, forever. You don't just get to dump it, man, and then just say I'm going with another nickname. That's gonna be his bugaboo right there. He fucked himself on that one. Guys. You're going sharp. You played yourself. <laughs> what if what if you would have hyphenated? <laughs> no. He's got no one to blame but himself after Friday night, y'all. <laughs> I almost changed my nickname to the serial killer. <laughs> All right, how do we come out on that one, Justin? Clean sweep. Clean sweep for Jerry, uh, Gary Sharp. All right, that brings us to the main event, and uh, this is going to be a good one, guys. Light heavyweights, 205 pounds. Two guys that have competed the bulk of their careers as middleweights. Uh, fighting at 205, though, is Jared Short, 7-1. and one, Big record coming out of the Viper Pit in Hazard, Kentucky. He's been on the shelf for a couple years. Um, you know, his only loss coming in the UMAF National Tournament a couple years back. He lost to Toma Walton who went on to represent the country in the world uh, games. Now uh, he is a, you know, short compact guy. He's uh, he, he has a fighting style reminiscent of a, of a Charles Philpot. He's just very thick uh, from, from a very solid base uh, and a very good chin. Uh, you know, he comes forward and he's just a, overall tough guy uh trains at the viper pit there with donald niece which has in the past produced guys like the beverly brothers and and those in those types uh he'll be taking on uh four and oh undefeated 
reigning middleweight champion for Valor, Stephen Tank Wilson Jr., who we spoke to just uh, just a little while back. And, uh, you know, he's excited for this one. This is his first main event fight. Uh, he comes with a rowdy crowd. He has got a lot of swag to him and uh, has showed off some high amplitude slams and uh, says he's been working a lot of, on his striking here. So this is an interesting fight because, you know, if he reverts back to the wrestling that we've been seeing, uh, you know, Short's not an easy guy to just toss around. He is a he is a has a very low center of gravity, a very good base. He is not a, a guy that's going to be very easy to just move about. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see if we if we see some uh, striking from these guys. Uh, both guys very excited for it. And again, seven and one taking on four and zero in this main event. All right, Paul, you get us started. Who starts it? Me. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm gonna tell you this is I'm 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 already I had my mind made up as soon as soon as um I heard I heard about this fight I'm going with Jared Short from the Viper Pit. I don't know why this is not a title fight for two and five since it is vacated and they both have dominating records to be able to do a title. Fight. I just don't think either guy wants to fight two hundred five after this. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I understand that. Good, good point. Uh, I, okay, that's that's valid. The valid statement. Which yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Viper Pit because Jared Short never felt never felt to impress me. He's always I've, I've seen him fight a couple of times. I've also was on a card with him once, so it's been it's, it's going to be pretty nice seeing him come back. He's been he's been he's been off what a year? Yeah, or more. Yep, definitely, Jared. All right, Hobbs. Well, shit. I thought I was going to be uh, uh, the innovator here and take short, and then fucking Paul comes right out the gate and <laughs> takes short. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, again, this is one of those where it's like you see it going either way. It's just you know, what fuck, flip of a coin. What's going to happen? Um, if this fight ends in the first round, it's tank. If it goes past the first round, I say uh, I say Short's got a, a a real legit chance. Uh, we saw Tank in the later rounds get slower, get sloppier, um, and that's something that you know we hadn't seen before until we saw somebody take them deep. Uh, and like you said, the short is not, uh, he's not, a, he's not a little kid, you know, he's not, uh, he's not a smaller guy that he's you know going to be able to ragdoll. Um, and even if he does get, you know, a devastating takedown or, or slam or so, you know, it's going to take a lot out of him, uh, to get that big boy down. Um, so shit, I don't know, man. I'm just, uh, Greg, who are you going to take? Taking tank. You gonna tell me? All right. Taking okay. tank. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, fuck it then. I'm gonna take short. All right, Greg. You taking tank for real? Not so fat. Nah, yeah, I'm taking tank, man. Lock him and load him, man. That boy is that boy is bred for violence. Let's go, tank. All right. Greg sticking out again. All right, guys. So we've got several fights where we defer here. Uh, we're about to wrap this thing up real quick. Let's get one take from each of you guys. Your uh, fight you're uh, most excited for this weekend. What's the one that uh, you want to make sure you're uh, you're squared away at the cage for? Let's start with uh, Greg. You'll be squared away at all of them, but maybe maybe they're like without us having to call for you. But before we go, are we going to do a like UFC? Uh, yeah, overall? I was going to do that next. I was going to do that next. A tiebreaker. Okay. 
Okay, we'll do it next time. Well, then, yeah, I, I don't know I, if we need one this week, though, y'all. We yeah, really. It's all over the place. There was only like, yeah. what, three maybe that were um, one, two, three, five that were five that were the same, seven different. Oh, okay, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, we're all over the place here on this one. But I guess let's see. Uh, I want to. I'm. I'm anxious to see the Drew. Like you know, believe it or not, the Tommy and Drew fight, man. Just to see what happens with that one right there. To see if Drew can come out of the take that O off his record, and if Tommy can get a second finish. All right. How about you, Jeff? Man, I like. Uh, I got my eyes on uh, Henderson and Wadman. I think that one's going to be a really good fight. Um, really close fight. Uh, that's one I'm looking forward to. And Paul. Oh, well, before I, before I get to that, I want to say I'm kind of mad you didn't let us do the grappling, uh, pick the grappling winners because that would have been a lot of fun because it's a kid, you know. Right, right. My pick, Hannah Elswick's going to win, by the way. Hannah Elswick's going to win. She's sick with it. And But the my, but my, the match I'm looking the most forward to, it was it's kind of hard for me to say because I'm I'm looking at two of them like they're like identical, like it's, I'm looking at the Bradley Brakefield Donovan fight and the Jake and uh, Jared Short and um Tank fight. That's my those two are, I think will be the best. But the Hastings fight will be kind of hot and cold too. Justin, you're uh, obviously judging this a bit, but you can at least weigh in on uh, what's got your interest. Uh, I was gonna take uh, uh, Drew and Tommy too, and, and go jump on that one. Um, but I gotta stick with it. I think that. One I'm looking forward to. It's a novelty. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I have to work during that one. No. Yeah. It's a, that's our that's our Bellator offering <laughs> for this one. All right, tiebreaker, guys, real quick, and then we'll let you guys go. Uh, let's get for the main event this weekend at UFC 248. Uh, this will be worth a, a bonus point if there's a tie, and uh, th- we're going to ask for the winner uh, round and method for the. Uh, Israel Adesanya versus uh, Yoel Romero title fight this weekend. And we'll start first with Paul, since he's in last place. We'll let him have first pick here, so it eliminates possibilities for the others. Can I say what, what I think would be fair? Sure. That it doesn't mean that we'll both, accept it, but, you know. If we did both title fights up in the start. Yeah, but I mean, like, what if one person gets one and, and the other, another person gets the other, and then it's we're just tied again? I didn't think about that. My bad. Uh, wasn't thinking about that. Um, I'm gonna say Israel third round KO. Israel by third round knockout for Paul, and uh, next we'll go to Greg. <laughs> I, I, man, I don't know, dude. Because if y'all gets him to the ground, it's gonna be ugly. Like I don't, I don't see how the Sonya getting back up if y'all can take him down. Um, but then again, I don't know if y'all can take him down. Hey. I'm gonna go y'all Romero by decision, even though he could get knocked out. But y'all Romero dead by decision. Yeah, Greg is all kinds of all over the place. It's <laughs> awesome, uh, Jeff. Fuck you, Greg Hopkins. Damn it, that was mine. Can I say yo by unanimous decision? Is that different? Uh, what, did he say split yeah. decision? No, he just said. No, I said, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, man, that's how I see it going down, man. I see he's not going to knock you, you, you know, yo out. I don't think he's going to knock him out. I think yo's going to go ahead and say, 
well, fuck it, I'm going to take a couple to get in close and get this dude down. And that dude is just cock strong, man. He's going to hold him down. Um, so Greg's got the good, he's got the best pick, in my opinion, uh, right now. So, um, um, I'm going, I'm going, yo, wow, by, fuck, I guess whatever's left. Uh, the latest I can get before a decision, third round, um, Two minutes and fifty nine seconds. It is, it is a five uh, round fight. Oh, it's a five rounder. Oh, that's yeah. right. Fuck. All right. That's right. Uh all right. Well I'll go fuck me, man. I don't have nothing else, man. That fucker stole my shit. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't but see it in any other gotta go like Adesanya decision or something, really. I ain't Damn. got no shit to him. <laughs> Damn, Tim. <laughs> Tim, I ain't got to do shit. Uh, That's true. My, no, pick, fuck my it. pick would no, actually fuck be uh, my pick would actually be Romero's second round knockout. I was gonna say third round TKO. I'm gonna go third round TKO. All right. That was my second thought there. I'm sticking with it. There you have it. I don't think it'll come to that. Honestly, these uh, these picks are all over the place. So I think uh, somebody will. Have I don't to, either. Yeah, you're either Hobbs is going to like take off big time. Greg's going to take or I'm gonna shit time. the bed. <laughs> yeah, or, or Paul is going to catch up and be like right in the mix, and it'll be like really close going into the Saudi card, which is ginormous and will be just uh, really uh, – that's anybody's ballgame when we start picking that. That's going to be a marathon show. Mm-hmm. There's like 23 fucking fights on that motherfucker, yeah, plus really? the grappling. Yeah, And Greg will lose the main event. Yeah. Oh, Greg. Greg's in the main event. That's right. All right. All the bullshit aside, though, shout out to Nashville, man. They just got hit by a tornado, man. And I know a lot of people died up there. And there's a lot of lost, you know, loved ones around. No doubt. Man. Pray- prayers up there for real, man. I mean, like, yeah, Jeff, that's out of just next to the woods. Jeff, any, any, yeah. uh, what was your area, your area spared? No, not really. We had to, uh, we had to call school yesterday, man. We had a lot of debris in the roads, uh, power out a lot. I mean, we, by no means, um, I mean, literally, you know, where my county sits, uh, you can drive 10 minutes down the road and it, I swear to God, it looks like Sarajevo, man. It's a, it's a fucking war zone. It's bad. Um, hey, Jeff, if I may, yeah. real quick, man, I, I just throw this out there. If anybody out there is listening to the podcast and they want to know that there's any way they can help, if they can't donate money, you can go and donate blood at your local blood bank and they'll ship it to Nashville because there's a lot of people out there that are hurt and they need it. So. If you want to do well, something, I tell you, you what, want, uh, you can. yeah, what we're doing uh, here, you know, in my town and in the school system, uh, we actually lost uh, a few schools that were completely, uh, you know, just just gone now. And so, uh, school supplies. So those kids are going to have to be displaced it and and put out in into other schools. Uh, you know, they lost everything as far as school supplies, backpacks, you know, pencils, paper. You know, so we're collecting school supplies right now to get uh, to Nashville Metro uh, Public Schools, try to get some of those kids, uh, you know, clothes, shit like that, man, so they can, it's already going to be tough enough having to get displaced and, and, and dispersed out to strange schools, but, you know, to really have nothing while you're doing it, too. So uh, it's, it's another good thing to think about when you're thinking about things to donate if you don't want to send money. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, if you're out there and you can help in some way, 
please do. And again, good vibes going out to uh, all the people affected by that uh, that craziness here. Uh, just a couple of short days ago, we got a alert here uh, in Knoxville, like at four thirty in the morning. We thought it was crashing down on us too, man. But uh, we didn't get anything near like Nashville did. So yeah, good vibes to all y'all out there. Uh, I'm gonna let you guys go once again. You can catch uh, Jeff Hobbs as the announcer uh, this weekend. He's the voice of Valor. He'll be calling the action. Uh, of course, uh, Greg Hopkins will be calling the play-by-play on the pay-per-view portion before he gets ready to uh, main event at Valor 71 in a few weeks. We'll be talking a lot more about that here starting next week. And then, of course, Paul Teague will be there cornering his man, Bradley Brakefield, and then I'm sure taking in all the action as best he can. Thank you so much for the time, gentlemen. Looking forward to this weekend. All right, that's going to do it for our Pigs panel, and uh, we will recap all this action next week, of course. That'll bring us to our final segment, and that's our national coverage here. So we get ready to recap uh, the UFC's venture into Norfolk, or is it uh, Norfolk? Is that they? I think the locals pronounce it like Norfolk. Really? Yeah, I think it's like Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk, Norfolk. Something like that. Yeah, well, that's what uh, how I would pronounce it, but I believe there's a way. Uh, Norfolk. If you're, I think it's fuck. I think it's Norfolk. <laughs> I think that's how they say it there. Uh, I look it up sometime. Yeah, but anyway, uh, UFC was there, and uh, they had a uh, what was planned to be a world championship a flyweight affair. Uh, Henry Cejudo had relinquished that title to move up to uh, fight Jose Aldo, it looks like. So Joe B, Joe Benavidez, uh, goes for the title for the third time in his career. He was fruitless in the first two against Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, and uh, a lot of people, uh, myself included, was thinking this was going to be his time. He was going to he was going to get it done. Uh, taking on Davis and Figueredo, very tough, seventeen and one coming into this. And Figueredo misses weight, man. He missed weight by two and a half pounds, um, pretty egregiously. Uh, you know, he apologized kind of half-heartedly, I guess. <laughs> you know, but uh, ultimately, it was deemed that if he were to win the fight, he would not be eligible for the title. So only Benavidez was eligible, and. Um, Ultimately, Figueredo uh, was the guy that got his hand raised, man. He was he was the bigger, stronger guy, and he ends up finishing Joe B in the second round with a TKO. There was a clash of heads there, uh, opened up a pretty nasty cut on Benavidez, and then like shortly thereafter, he dropped him, and and it was all over. Uh, tough one for Joe Benavidez. You feel for him, you know. He couldn't have wrote it up much worse, uh, ultimately. And then on top of it all, we don't even have a title. I couldn't. Have, this is like some shit that happens to me, <laughs> you know. Uh, so uh, Figueredo uh, gets a. Big Big win, but he's not the champion. He should. He said that he's open to uh, the rematch, you know, with with Benavidez. But you know, from the things that Benavidez has been tweeting and whatnot, it looks like he's pretty down about it. Like, uh, your thoughts on this fight? And is it is is it a rematch that you think we will see Benavidez and Figueredo too? Uh, that's, um, you know, I don't know what else you do, man. I mean, there's. Uh, Formiga has a win over Figueredo, so I guess you could go that angle. But man, no, but that'd be like the first title fight on the prelims. Yeah, you know, like that's a fight that's awful hard to awfully hard to sell. Yeah, this whole thing was kind of crazy. I mean, he missed weight by two and a half pounds, but these guys, you know, the, the weight limit's one twenty five. So when you're talking about two and a half pounds, you're talking about a you know percentage of it's body pretty, weight. Yeah, pretty substantial. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you get down to those last couple pounds, I mean, you know, we we see what people go through in weight cuts and those last two or three pounds is, is is that suffering that you see and basically he just said i'm not going to do that part 
you know, like, yeah, pass. Yeah, you already did it. Here, I'll just give you a percentage of my my fee. I'm not going to do that. And so, I mean, you know, that that affects your performance without a doubt. And um, you know, Benavidez, this whole thing was kind of just made for him. You know, the fact that it, that he's the only one that could win the belt, all that. But you know, kind of gave you the feel like something was something was going to happen. You know, when when all this started going down and um, Benavidez won the first round. They had that big clash of heads. You know, Benavidez, he just kind of bulls his way in when he's attacking, and, and he leads with his head a lot, and he just ran straight into him, um, busted him open big time, you know, and definitely wobbled him, um, threw him off a little bit, and he caught a big right hand, uh, put him out. Um, I don't know. I think I think they're going to do the rematch as far as I can tell. It's, that's what it sounds like they're going to do. Uh, I don't know what else you do. I mean, you know, like you said, um, you know, Cejudo's tied up. So, uh, I don't know. That, that That's the only thing that really makes sense. But where do you put it? Or I mean, just kill the division. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what like I thought this is the first. Yeah, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, like, from yeah. a business standpoint. Like, what are we doing here? Oh, you have to – if you are a flyweight, you are ranked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, all you have to do is compete in the division and mm-hmm. you are a ranked fighter. What kind of division is that? Yeah, I mean that's what that's what I thought. You know, I thought you know here they're giving Joey the the opportunity to really rise his star before he retires, and and that'll um, give him the opportunity to make more money off of his name in in business ventures in the future. And uh, you know, then all this happens, and you know, why not just just end it? You were just talking about it not long ago. <laughs> It stayed around because of Cejudo, and now Cejudo's gone. It's probably not going to come back. And um, you know, you just really don't have anybody else in the division with any name value. Um, but you know, maybe maybe he's what the the division needs to kind of bring it alive. The you know, Mighty Mouth never could really talk to talk. Cejudo did and kind of uh, kept it alive, but Benavidez wasn't going to do that. But, you know, Figueredo is coming in here unapologetic, like, hey, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's saying he's the champion, even though, you know, he didn't fulfill his part of the obligation. Um, I don't know. So I guess I think you see rematch, though. Co-main event was Felicia Spencer getting a pretty quick and elementary uh, TKO over Zara Farn, who, uh, you know, she's the biggest favorite on the card. No surprise there. Uh, sounds like they're probably going to go ahead and just push her into this title fight, whether she's ready for it or not. You know, she's going to be the next one. What do you think? Yeah, I can't tell um, from everything. It, it's kind of split. You know, a lot of people are still saying Megan Anderson just because, Felicia Spencer does have a, a, a loss more recently. Yeah. Um, Megan Anderson's on a little bit more of a run. Um, and I think Megan Anderson has the the profile. Um, but I, I think if I'm the UFC, I think I, I, feed, I, I feed a man to Felicia Spencer and let Megan Anderson get one more. Make know, it bigger. Yeah, make it bigger and, uh, and make Megan Anderson's chances a little better. You know, I think Give her like what Jermaine Duran to me. Yeah, I, I think she's got. You know, she, she has the the ability to be a big star in the division if she were to be able to take out Amanda Nunes. Um, but you're talking about the best woman we've ever seen do it. So it's you know, I don't think that that Megan's anywhere close to that yet. No, neither one of them are gonna win. No, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but 
but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it was a good good performance from Felicia Spencer. You know, she's we know she's tough. She sat in there with Cyborg, and um, but you know, Amanda Nunes walked through Cyborg. So uh, I don't know. Amanda Nunes wants to fight in the next couple months. So I guess we'll see pretty quick who they decide to to throw in there. Yeah. As you just mentioned, uh, Megan Anderson with the uh, straight up knockout, uh, Norma Dumont, you don't see a lot of those in the female division where you just straight up like walk off knockout. So uh, very, you know, uh, impressive performance by Anderson. And as you mentioned, she's kind of got that following and kind of, you know, uh, has just a commercial appeal, a marketable Marketab- marketability about her, if you will. Um, and then the feature bout was weird. And, and of course, it would be weird. Anything that Ion Kutalaba is involved in is going to be kind of crazy. And that's kind of why you watch, you know. Um, he fought Magomed Ankalaev. This is a fight that I was kind of actually pretty pumped about. And Kutalaba like storms across the cage uh, before, when they're doing the introductions. Mm-hmm. I mean, he walks all the way across the cage, gets right in his face. You're like, oh shit, like <laughs> it's on, man. And then like Ankalaev like proceeds to kind of start handling him, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, it, was a, it was a wonky call. Uh, the referee, Kevin McDonald, who is not a novice local yokel ref like i saw some of those guys out there for mm-hmm. the virginia people but like kevin mcdonald's guy that you see yeah. ref you know pretty pretty standardly on most fights anyway um Kudalaba, i guess was playing possum he was taking some shots from anchor live a lot of them were being blocked but he was like staggering around it like acting like all loopy and like he was on queer street you know but then he said he was playing possum and he never went down, but the referee stepped in and he stopped it while they were standing uh, about 35, 40 seconds in. And, uh, and that was all she wrote. And it's like, and you would go back and see, watch the replay. You know, he was dodging and slipping and blocking most of these punches, but like, and then he'd throw back, but then it was like pretty much the entirety of the entire exchange, which was only 40 seconds or so. Like he was, he was acting like he was all loopy so like I don't know I get it it's it, in real time it's all so fast but bad stoppage uh, in hindsight anyway uh, for sure on this one uh, Ankaliyev climbs to thirteen one I'd say this is one we'll probably see a rematch on if I had to guess but from what I was seeing I think Ankaliyev probably get the better of him what do you think Yeah I think it lasted what forty eight seconds Yeah it or wasn't something. long um, Let's see thirty eight seconds. Um, yeah, like you said in the very beginning, he he storms across the cage. That's, that was kind of weird. Like the referee, hit, that was his first fuck up. Was like allowing that to happen. Right. You know, how, how do you allow these guys? You're literally fighting in in 65 seconds mm-hmm. or something, and the referee lets him get in like that. You know, Ankalaev, you know, threw in some double underhooks and started to manhandle him a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen. A, a fight in your entire life. I think you could tell by looking at that that wasn't real. That he wasn't hurt. Yeah. Um, I thought that the, that those shots were kind of landing, but I, you know, it's kind of like what we've seen Anderson Silva and some other people do in the past. And uh, but then looking at the replay, none of them were even close. Yeah. Uh, and he was throwing big shots back. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like when when he was grabbed, he was throwing a big shot, and even like whether he was faking it or. If he wasn't faking it, if he was hurt that bad, it was a terrible stoppage. In the middle of the cage, you know, the only time you see a standing – I think it's it's a terrible stoppage anytime it stops standing up. Mm. Um, but 
if, if it happens, it's up against the cage where, you know, maybe maybe where you're you're eating shots and those shots are keeping you on your feet. You know, I've seen a couple of times where, you know, you're eating uppercuts and mm-hmm. the guys will be out cold, you know, eating uppercuts. And, um, but to stop it in the middle of the cage like that was just terrible. Uh, maybe, you know, the beginning of that fight was, I mean, that was crazy. Think about being in that situation. You know, you're not, that's, that's never happened to him before. Right. <laughs> you know, these, these two dudes are fucking big. Yeah, yeah they're two of five. Yeah. And like, and it's just all of a sudden, boom, he's over there. And, you know, then a minute and a half later, you know, 40 seconds into the fight, he doesn't know what's going on. He's, mm-hmm. you know, his head's still rattled and he just jumps in. I mean, I don't know. It's unfortunate. It sucks because, you know, Kudalaba, you know, could have lost who knows how much money, you know, off the, oh, win, yeah. the win bonus the, uh, of the night award, you know, whatever that it could have been. Um, I think they'll, they'll book the fight again. Uh, Chupacabra is fun to watch just because he's his, uh, like being foreign and, and putting on that show is like is weird, you know. Like <laughs> you're used to like people putting on this show, like like the Chelsea and the, yeah, um, these kind of guys. But this guy doesn't speak English and he's mm-hmm. doing it, and so like it's weird trying <laughs> to understand it and understand that he thinks this is funny, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh yeah, he's getting a kick out of this, and um, he's an interesting cat. But uh, Ankalaev is a fucking monster, man. Um, his head kicks are. are crazy you know 205 he, he throws some nasty head kicks so but uh, yeah i think we'll get the rematch with this one pretty quick rounding out the main card grant dawson who also missed weight uh got a uh, second round rear naked choke over the late replacement Derek minner he was another pretty heavy favorite on the card uh, i think we'll see him you know he's 15 to 1 now i think we'll probably start seeing him fighting some fringe contenders now some guys that are on the cusp of the rankings potentially 15 and one still raw though uh one guy i was super impressed with kyler phillips gets a unanimous decision dominant win over gabriel Silva. man he looked great like just looked awesome in all facets i didn't realize he was that good uh he's really good uh very exciting fighter and i'm excited to see what uh the future holds for him brendan allen former valor champion gets a first round win late in the first round a ground and pound over tom breeze a big win for him. He was a betting underdog in the fight to Tom Brees. And, uh, yeah, he's gone out there and putting on fan-friendly uh, uh, endeavors, which will uh, endear him to the matchmakers, I'm sure. Yeah, Brees is, is not an easy task. And um, to get him out of there quick was uh, was impressive. And um, that, that's, that's the kind of night you want, you know, when you're when you're at this level. Um, and, yeah, the, that Kyler Phillips, man, that he uh, – Definitely, definitely impressed me um, with his performance uh, over Silva in that one. And then we had heavyweights that wasn't so impressive. Martin Tabura gets a uh, bit of a snoozer, a uh, bit of a sloppy slog fight over Sergey Spivak, who falls to ten and two. Tabura needed that win; he'd been uh, on the schneid, so uh, he picks up a win over a guy that's 
I don't know if that guy's supposed to be in the UFC or not. You know, that's, he just didn't look very good. Uh, that was a very good fight. Uh, Luis Pena, Violet Bob Ross, another former Valor champion, makes it 2-0 on the night for former Valor champions with a dominant unanimous decision win over Steve Garcia. He moves to 8-2. and two. He uh, pretty much controlled the grappling throughout this entire bout. And, you know, he was able to take the back of Steve Garcia, but never could get the finish. And Garcia was, thinking more than anything, it was like a testament to Garcia's toughness. That guy's showed him a lot of toughness and he was outsized so much in this mm-hmm. fight. Uh, and, you know, Luis apologized afterward for not being able to get the finish there. Um, you know, uh, your thoughts on, uh, on any of those and uh, were you surprised he wasn't able to get him out of there? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, Garcia was tough and he landed some shots of his own, you know, Luis didn't come out of there unscathed. Oh, like with him on his back. He's yeah. Like yeah. I mean, he, you know, he was in there, he wasn't coming to lose and, um, you know, so it was a good it was a good test for for Luis Pena. He had a a crazy week. I don't know if you knew the whole story leading into it, but he met his biological brother for the first time. Oh no, I didn't hear that. The week of, and he was out there at the fights, and he had just met his biological dad not long ago, and he was out there too. Um, so to be able to you know interact with his brother throughout the week, and you got this this big fight coming up for you. Um, it was a it was just a big week for him, and he was able to to seal the deal there. Um, a lot of pressure surrounding him. Um, so yeah, uh, like that one. Um, other than that, on the prelims, the only thing I, I think you should probably look out for is that Spike Carlisle. That guy's a very, very interesting, very interesting character. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he's good. And so, you know, how about him and Nate Langwehr? Oh man, <laughs> that, that lines up too. Yeah, yeah like. You're like, why not? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nate's coming off a loss, but probably ranked higher in the in the global stand, you know, on the global scene. Um, yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> Spike Carlisle, of course, got the uh, win over Aglon Cruz, a guy that we've seen here locally back in the day. He used to fight up here for Cage Brawl. Um, I will say, like, when he dropped him with an elbow that was very close to being suspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a spiking downward, like, 12 to 6 elbow, like, right in between, like, <laughs> that mohawk line and the, and the ear. And the, I mean, so it was, like... It was crushing, you know, it dropped him, mm-hmm. and he was done from there. Also rounding it out, Jordan Griffin, it's kind of a come-from-behind win in the uh, second round over T.J. Brown. And Sean Brady stays undefeated. He has 12-0 now, beats Ishmael Nardiev. So uh, I'd be uh, expecting him to be, uh, you know, getting a step up into some, some bigger fights as well. Uh, that brings us on to this week. And this week is UFC 248. It's a big one this Saturday night, and it's going down in Las Vegas, Nevada, the uh, fight capital of the world. We've got two big title fights uh, for UFC 248, headlined, of course, by the middleweight championship of the world. Uh, Israel Adesanya defends his title against Yoel Romero. Also in the co-main event, the strawweight championship is up for grabs as the once-beaten Weili Zhang, 20-1, and puts that title on the line against former champion Joanna Yadrachix. And I'm terrible at saying her last name, so I'll probably just go with Joanna from here. Uh, not a bad supporting pay-per-view card. I'll get, you know, usually I'm, I'm harsh on these uh, supporting cards, but uh, there is some interest from me here. We'll start here at the bottom, Justin. Of course, the preliminaries are on ESPN+. Plus. 
three of them. Uh, we have a uh, bantamweight bout, Guido Canetti. Uh, seems like it's been a while since we've heard that name. Uh, eight and four Argentine fighter takes on Dana Batgirl, who uh, was in a fight of the night on one of those Asian cards a while back. Um, we've got Jamal Emmers, who uh, comes up from the regional scene here, and he is uh, going to be taking on uh, Giga Chikadze, who is a uh, decorated kickboxer. Uh, he won his debut um, on, uh, I want to say, the Denmark card. And then uh, we have rounding out the early prelims, Emily Whitmire takes on Pollyanna Viana in a battle of two ladies that could be fighting for their jobs. Justin? Uh, yeah, not too much on, on these early ones. Um, uh, yeah, n- not too much to say about these ones. <laughs> yeah, man. I, honestly, uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a weak start. It gets going a little bit better uh, in the ESPN prelims on uh, ESPN proper. Uh, a familiar face, uh, Gerald Mearshart, GM3, former Valor uh, alum, and a really good dude and just a very exciting fighter. Very, I'm a big fan of Gerald Mearshart. He'll be taking on Deron Wynn, who is a prodigy of Daniel Cormier. And uh, he's 6-1. and one coming off of his first loss and um, to Darren Stewart, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, this is going to look really funky because, you know, Gerald's a tall, lanky middleweight and Deron Wynn is like five, eight or something like that. Like he is five. I mean, he is like really short middleweight, but he's like a brick wall too. He's like super thick. So I feel like they're, you know, Deron Wynn's the prospect. That's the guy they're probably looking to build. But Mearshart, I feel like is, uh, is throwing him into pretty deep water, you know, uh, coming off a loss, especially. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by the matching. Um, I don't know if they think they're just going to out-wrestle Mearshart, but Mearshart's dangerous on the ground, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, off his back, I mean, he, he can lock you up and finish you pretty quick. And he keeps a pretty good pace on his feet, too. Yeah, do you know what the odds are on this fight? Win is actually the favorite. Mearshart comes back at, like, plus 140. Um, and uh, I'll tell you the exact odds here. Yeah, I mean, at, with me. at that, I would definitely be, be throwing be throwing some money on Mearshart. Um, Deron Wynn, I think, missed weight last time. Um, I, 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 I heard an interview with him today, and he sounded like he had that taken care of and whatnot, but... Um, yeah, I think the money might be on Mearshart. I'll tell you here, actually, uh, win is minus 145, Mearshart plus 125. Yeah, I think maybe uh, Mearshart by submission would be a, a nice side bet. And then moving on, we have middleweights uh, submission specialist Hadolfo Vieira uh, will be a sizable favorite over the Russian uh, Saperbeg Safarov. And then it is the Danish wrestling Olympian, um, man, very decorated Mark Madsen uh, takes on Austin Hubbard. And uh, rounding out the prelims, it's the return of the Sugar Show. Sean O'Malley, after two years of USADA uh, banishment, for the Austrian, will be uh, putting his 10-0 record on the line against a fun all-action fighter in Jose Quinones, uh, 8-3 Mexican fighter. It's, it's kind of tailor-made, I think, for Sean O'Malley to come back and shine here. But, you know, Quinones, is a, he's a scrapper. Yeah, this is this is where the card gets fun. Marco Madsen is, um, you know, he's, he's a dominant fighter. And, um, you know, he goes out there and, and really puts his, opposes his will on people. Um, so it'd be fun to see him back in there again. And uh, Sean O'Malley is, you know, fan favorite. He's 
got a big following behind him. He's, he's, uh, you know, tricky out there. He does a lot of wild things. People like to see that kind of stuff. And, um, Kenyaris is, is, is Kenyonis is probably going to be a good bit shorter than him, uh, playing into his kicking game. Um, so, you know, it, it, his, his head's going to be right there for a highlight real knockout. Um, but like you said, he's scrappy. He's going to be in there to fight. He, he reminds me of like, uh, Ian McCall or something. Mm, yeah, he's gonna be out there in his face regardless. So he'll 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 go out on his shield at, at worst. Uh, kicking off the main card of the pay per view, uh, man, this was gonna be this gonna be a banger. Uh, Alex Oliveira, the Brazilian cowboy, uh, will be taking on Max Payne Griffin in a welterweight affair. Man, these these guys both like to throw leather. I think that uh, someone will get knocked out here. I don't know which one. Honestly, I, I lean towards a uh, cowboy with a win here, but man, Griffin's tough. I mean, he's a big bruiser, and uh, yeah, this one's uh, this was a slugfest. Yeah, you, you said it. I mean, this is it's going to be a banger. These guys are going to go in there and, and be throwing hard, hard shots, you know, hard punches, hard kicks. Um, probably not going to see much wrestling. Um, yeah, a good, a good play would probably be uh, something inside the distance on that one. And then, of course, uh, up next, it is another welterweight battle. And this was kind of one of those, uh, you know, uh, two ships crossing in the night here. It's uh, Neil Neil Magny taking on Jing Liang Li, uh, the Chinese fighter. Uh, he's a hitter, man. He's he's you know probably one of the top fighters to come out of China. He's definitely the first guy that that kind of emerged out of there that what well, was showing a lot of uh, promise. You know, uh, coming off of a fight against Jake Matthews, and he's taking on Neil Magny, and that's a guy that we have seen uh, in a lot of big fights uh, over the years. He at one time he was on a on a pretty good streak but as of late he's kind of uh been coming up more more on the short end of the stick so uh this is a fight i think where they expect uh Li Jing Lang to to shine as magni uh is kind of headed the other direction Jing Lang, Jing Lang. yeah <laughs> yeah he uh he, i feel like he's gonna be a lot bigger than neil magni um but I, I feel like i think that a lot of times when neil magni fights and he ends up being the bigger guy um but uh, I think it's it's a good fight for for Neil Magny. I think uh, Jing Ling only brings a couple things to the table uh, where Neil's you know much more diverse. Um, and I think it's a good good win for him to pick up. But you know he could get knocked out too. He's you know he's he's been in there a lot of times and and uh, eventually you know that that chin gets touched right a couple times and um, things aren't the same. Um, but I'd probably Probably favor Neil Magny in this one, but Jingling's always right there. Feature bout will have uh, potential rankings implications here. It's going to be Benil Darush taking on Drakkar Close. Now, Close has already been calling out for Dan Hooker here, so he definitely doesn't want to overlook uh, Darush here. Uh, you know, these guys are on right on the outside looking in, much like a Scott Holtzman right now. Just, you know, that, that lightweight division is a tough nut to crack. Like, how do you get in there, essentially? Because nobody wants to fight down nobody wants to fight mm -hmm. to someone lower than their ranking and these guys are just like jammed up here at like 16 17 18 uh the Russian close uh, should be a fight that uh could you know could catapult one of those guys into the top 15 if uh, anybody drops the ball lower in the rankings yeah jacar close is not bad man but Darius is a fucking dog yeah you know he's gonna be uh he's gonna be in your face and, and pushing you every second of every minute of that fight um, and I think that eventually he's going to end up breaking Jakar close. 
Um, Dargis has been around for a long time. He's fought a lot of the top guys, you know, from from this generation and last generation. Um, and you know, I think his his pressure and, and his wrestling is going to be a little too much in that fight. Co-main event for the strawweight title, twenty and one. Whaley Zhang puts it on the line against Joanna Yanjetrich, and uh, you know Joanna is a former champion. She's looking to come out out there and get get her get her title. Uh, this is one of those fights where I think Joanna is the the technically superior fighter. She's going to have a speed advantage. Can she use her footwork and outstrike uh, Zhang at length for five rounds? And very possibly could happen. I think Zhang is the more powerful fighter with the more you know one hitter. Or striking and maybe the better grappling. Um, your take on this one, man? I, I actually think Joanna's got a good shot here at, uh, at getting her title back over five rounds if uh, if she sticks to a game plan. Joanna want to be champion. <laughs> um, this is tough, man. Li Zhang 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 Relay is a. She's a monster, man. Have you seen any of her, tra- her training videos or anything? Not really. I know she went to Thailand to yeah. train, right? Well, that whole thing is, is crazy in and of itself. The whole, you know, so with the coronavirus, basically she had to leave China. Um, the U.S. put her on a 14-day holding thing. So she went to Thailand for the beginning of it. Um, and then I guess they were thinking that they would maybe um, quarantine Thailand, too. So she had to go to um uh, Abu Dhabi, I think. Oh wow! Uh, or Dubai, or one of those, one of those two, um, and finish out the time, and then finally made it to to Vegas. But no, this girl just trains like an animal. Like all the time, she's just you know she she pushes hard. She's just she's stacked. You know she's put together, um, and she hits like fucking. She probably hits harder than than Neil Magny. Um, so it's gonna be a tough fight for for Young J. Chuck. I don't. I think that, that it's going to be competitive, but um, but I think I think uh, Wei, Wei Li Zhang could could put it put her to sleep. I feel like Joanna represents a major step up still in competition. Yeah, I do she, too. You know, joanna has been fighting the the cream of the crop now for a while. So mm-hmm. you know, this you know taking nothing away from Zhang, she has a, a chance to really put a stamp on it here. Yeah. And, when you look at their records, though. Wei Zhang is twenty and zero, and Yoana sixteen sixteen and three. So, um, Wei has got a couple more fights than Yoana total. You know, it's not been in the UFC against the the top of the UFC, but I think with women, you know, we're not the the whole Chinese scene and the whole Asian scene we're not familiar with. I mean, right. there's some fucking killers over there, you know. So I think it's just like in Russia, you know, if you go on some of those Russian records, you know, get padded, but I think if you're going, you know, 20 and 0, 20, you know, she lost her very first fight. She lost her, her professional debut and then has, hasn't has lost since. So to win 20 in a row and to get to where she's at now, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's she's been through the adversity. And um, I think that, that Joanna is going to test her out and, and probably, you know, put her in some predicaments. But um, I think it's not anywhere that she hasn't been before. And, um I love Joanna, but I think this is a this is a tough fight. I think I think the our next super fight might be uh Wei Li Zhang and, and um uh uh Tatiana. Yeah. Suarez. Yeah, no, no uh, uh Rose Nami No, the next super fight for the, the champion at one twenty five. Oh, oh, uh, oh Valentina. Valentina. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wei Li Zhang and Valentina, uh but maybe by the end of the year, first of next year. 
main event for the middleweight championship of the world champion Israel Adesanya puts it on the line as well as that undefeated 16 and 0 record. I'm sorry, he's 18 and 0, 18 and 0 record against Yoel Romero. Now Romero's on a two fight slide here in fights that were close decisions. Uh, you know, uh, Paulo Costa injured here, so he couldn't take the fight. So uh, Adesanya kind of called for Romero. That's ballsy, in my opinion, because it's kind of one of those no-win situations. He sees it as a chance to kind of put a stamp on his own reign and any questions as to whether or not he's the dominant guy knocked off a a guy that's, you know, been there at the top of the division for years. But, man, Romero, having lost two in a row, he's got everything to gain here. Yeah. Um, You know, it's not very often that you see guys coming off of a loss and getting a a big title fight like this, but – Israel, like you said, you know, when his number one contender wasn't available, he said, I I don't want to sit around and wait. You know, there's one person that nobody else wants to fight, and that's who I want to fight. I want to beat the best. I want to beat the best of this generation, the next generation, and the previous generation. You know, and this is one of the guys that people look at this guy as a beast, and I want to take out this beast. Um, I think it's a a very ballsy move. You know, um, it's going to be wild seeing them in the cage together. Israel's quite a bit taller than Yoel. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to see how the styles play out too. Yoel's a, a you know, top-level Olympic wrestler. Um, you know, he's been doing that his whole life. His whole life was regimented, you know, on wrestling. Like, you know, well, we, don't, we don't see the type of the type of commitment that he put through uh, here in America, what, what he went through in Cuba um, in that program. And, uh, he doesn't implement that, you know, in his in his fights very often. Um, but uh, you know, everybody knows that that's his path to victory in this fight. Like, obviously, you're not going to go st- stand with Israel. Well, um, man, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, you know, if 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 there is the threat of the takedown there, and Romero has shown he's got a chin, if he can collapse the pocket. Like he could land a, yeah. a big one on yeah. on Adesanya. I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. I'll throw a little bit down on Romero getting a knockout here because you know over the course of five rounds, you know if he's able to collapse, he's a hitter, man. Yeah, I think he's gonna have to actually threaten that submission though. I mean, he he just yeah. hasn't really been doing that a lot. You know, he he has to at least land a couple of them and make make it a, a viable threat. You know, until until he really starts thinking about it then he's not going to be able to close that pocket, you know? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Excited for it, man. A a good pay-per-view card here. We will recap that as well as the Valor 70 card next week when we reconvene. That's going to do it for another edition of the Valor Hour from my co-host, Justin Watson. I'm Tim Boy signing off. We'll see you next week.